You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. It puts us in a place of having to acknowledge what does this childlike innocence fostering really mean beyond lying about mythical happenings? What can be rooted in reality while still allowing you to be as childlike as possible? And we're trying to figure that out while other people having very different thoughts, feelings, and actions around that that are happening concurrently that we then have to address and or answer for with our own. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here with my co-host India Jackson to get the dialogue going. Before I get us going and have India hop on in here with us, I do want to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the stolen land of the Susquehannock. Piscataway, Nantigo people, native to this area known as Maryland. Good morning, Miss India. Good morning. I think it's a good morning. I mean, we woke up. That always makes it good. And <laughs> this weather changing and germs and little child incubators bringing it around is not making this fun right now. So thank you for showing up even with your germs. <laughs> I got lots of germs right now. <laughs> It happens. Unfortunately, it is that time of year and it's just starting. So we will just hope for the best. (laughs) It ain't COVID. So that's a bonus. Yeah, I'll take that. And lots of vitamin D and C. There we go. That, (laughs) That part. So I wanted to just kind of acknowledge the fact that with neither one of us feeling great. Part of what happens sometimes when you're sick is that you get a little more time to think. And I think this time of year, when holidays and stuff like that comes up, we've been considering some things. And I find it interesting how so much of what we do in our lives, with the conversations we're having, the thoughts that we're pondering, the normals that we're questioning, like, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about that, that it really does play into the things that we bring into the community. And I'm actually really grateful for it. And at the same time, y'all, these brains do not shut off. Yeah, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Things, I feel like because of that and going down the rabbit holes and 
maybe even uh, I did it to myself by making my word of the quarter, which turned into word of the year, be demonstrate culture. It wasn't even a word anymore. It was like an action, <laughs> a phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it, it has me thinking about that in every aspect and really considering like how do my values play into the culture that I'm creating? What am I demonstrating? What am I um, taking part in that may not be aligned anymore or that I want don't necessarily want others to repeat? So I actually want to just share as as everyone's listening to this conversation that we were actually having an interesting conversation before we started about the fact of how exactly what you mentioned, how is it that that would come up in the community? How would a member get support around that? And I think that someone could very easily want to bring it to office hours and be like, hey, this is a quandary that I have. This is a situation. And we can kind of discuss what are some things to consider? What are some options? What are um, some of the roots that maybe are coming up with it that you might want to dig up and just completely start planting new seeds? The other side of it is that a community conversation is also a really good place for it because it's an opportunity to one, be able to be like, wait, please just let me know. I'm not the only person dealing with this foolishness. Am I the only person that experiences this (laughs) and is thinking and feeling this? And we can actually talk about like, you know, from my experience, this is what I've witnessed, or this is, you know, you know, maybe the the feelings that I or or my family unit has. And you can actually have a really full and dynamic conversation about that. And, you know, I think that exactly what we're going to do today, this conversation, you know, this is giving a great example of what can happen in community conversations with being able to just be like, hey, this is life. And I'm not quite sure how I feel about this or what I want to do with it next. And I also just want to let you know, like, there's multiple ways that this can be brought in. There are multiple ways that you can be supported in navigating what's coming up for you. And I think that that's so important. Yeah. And, you know, being transparent for myself, um, I have worked with coaches. I've been in group communities, um, specifically in the past on Facebook before we created our own of other people's communities. I've been in mighty network space communities. Um, I have a therapist. And for me personally, I know I can't be the only one. Oftentimes when I'm put in a situation where it's Q&A, but it's about like these bigger things of um, navigating situations with your family or whatever, I don't always feel like I know what the question is. I know that there's something there. I know what's on my mind but I don't know how to formulate something that might feel airy fairy, gray, big insert thing here into like a clear and concise question. And I don't know if there's always really an answer for a question like that either. So for me personally, um, when it's come to some things that are values-based and values integration related type subjects, I've gotten the most impact and Um, evolve the most through being in general conversation with a group of people about it and learning about their lived experience, learning about how they're navigating it or what's on their radar or things that they've tried and what worked and what didn't work from that. 
And then also the the results, because sometimes it's not even necessary about did it work or didn't work, but you know, here's just what I discovered along the way. And for me, a lot of my learning has come from lived experience and sharing and conversation. That's exactly why I feel like, you know, at least with the way that I'm processing it in this moment, I think that community conversation can be a great place to kind of bring the type of things that we're going to talk about today because of the fact that it really is just this open container to share and to contemplate and to just kind of throw ideas around and not necessarily to seek a solution, but to seek options, to process it out loud and to even be able to figure out like, what is the thing that's really coming up? What did I think it might be when I started and what does it really feel like it is now? And I think that there's so much power in being able to do that in a space with people that you feel comfortable to to kind of have that, you know, open dialogue with and to know that it's not about judging you because you don't know the exact question or because you're not doing it ideal because none of us are doing it ideally. We're doing what feels like it works in that moment and being open to shift if the situation you know, deems that that's what's necessary. And I think that that in itself is so much more valuable than any person coming on the internet, on their website or on social media and telling you, hey, I know what worked for me and it'll work for you too. Do this. (laughs) Don't do that shit. I said it. Don't do it. That's (laughs) not how that works. It is about giving people options and allowing them to choose what works for them. That's just another reason why the community that was created by us for Pause on the Play members and everyone that is here listening to the podcast and that wanted to be in this closed container with us, we wanted our own social media space so that we didn't get caught up in the noise of everything else that was out there. This is ours. This is yours. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful that uh, right now, this is be- the time that this is being recorded. You can get access to the community. You can get access to the conversations we have, both on like Zoom calls and things like that. But also you can literally spark a conversation 24-7, <laughs> 365 in the space um, for the low price of $97 a month. I mean, you really can't beat that access and access to the entire archive of everything else in there for that price. Um, you're looking at less than you know $1,500 a year to have full access to everything. So you can find out more about that at pauseontheplay.com slash community. Now, going back to where we started here, um, we actually got into this conversation and decided to pause and hit record because um, we were A, thinking about, you know, what's going on in our lives and stuff like that. Also, we were thinking about podcast episodes and I realized that I don't, I don't think that most people taking in our content, um, following us on social media, maybe not even like explicitly, even our own community members may be fully aware that for me, I've been becoming parent ish. I'll say (laughs) You've you've been uh you've been finding other language for me about that and giving your gentle nudges <laughs> <laughs> over the last year, um, and so doing what I will call being parent ish, parent like, and that being completely new territory for me, as well as um, 
in addition to also being the youngest in my family and have never even like changed a diaper before and stuff. Like, I mean, like completely new territory. Um, I realized that I've been like coming up with a lot of things that I am witnessing happen, really having to like think about what did I grow up with? You know, um, what are societal traditions that you do with children based on season and holiday and things like that? And then also figuring out, okay, but are these things aligned with the values? And how do you find this place of like honoring what you believe in and want to support while also not necessarily putting children in a place where they might feel left out of the abundance of gifts during Christmas season or left out of, you know, um, decorating uh, fake turkeys and stuff for Thanksgiving. And yet my little insides is like, but it's all a lie. (laughs) (laughs) That part. So, okay. So I have thoughts. Okay. So first of all, I want to acknowledge the fact that to have the capacity in the brain space to question the plan, the tradition, the, this is what we do of it is a gift. So I want to acknowledge that first off and foremost, because a lot of things that I think I got and you got and people that we are in relationship or conversation with have have received from like their families of origin or how they were raised. It just is what it is. And the space to be able to even question that is a gift. And you, you don't always get the access to that. Um, and then to, to, to really want to be like, hmm, is this what I want? Do I want to do this? Do I agree with this? I want to acknowledge that that comes up even if you have people that had, you know, children together. It comes up if you have people that are blending a family, if you adopted, if you are a single parent. It comes up for everybody because no matter what conversations or thoughts that you had, life evolves. And so do your thoughts and feelings and awareness of things. And I'll I'll try to see if I can uh, find it to to share it here. But there was like a random Instagram um, post that I saw. And full transparency, I have only been on Instagram to scroll. That's what I have been there for, y'all. It is not healthy. And I'm acknowledging that. But it has been scroll lately. <laughs> That's all it is. I am not <laughs> like... Scroll and, and then forward it to India's DMs and roll. <laughs> right. Basically. <laughs> Basically. And so there was one and and it really summed it up well. Um, This person was like, oh, you know, first learning about U.S. history as a kid and they pointed out all these things and they were really happy. And, And then it switched and it was like all of the things that we then learned were true. And it was like, oh, no. And you saw the despair on their face. And that's really what it is, because as much as I personally love holiday lights and I love going and doing the the drive-throughs that they put up in parks and just seeing all the light shows and the decorating of my I love that piece, but I'm not religious. And so the actual church piece, no, I don't pull that in. When we start to have Thanksgiving be a part of the conversation coming up. Um fuck Christopher Columbus. I'm gonna say what I said. I said it and I meant it. Um raping, pillaging, stealing, colonizing, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. 
And so Thanksgiving is given as this palatable, beautiful thing. And it's not. It is a, a, a history of, of trauma and, and thievery and assumption that I can take anything I want and I don't care how it turns out. I don't believe in that. And so there's this really interesting place that as someone that is of influence to a young person having to figure out, what do I let you have simply because it's creative or enjoyable? And where do we have to have the real conversation about what the roots are of this? Please tell me if I'm on the right page with that. <laughs> no, absolutely. And so it's it's been um, it's been an interesting paradigm for me because I think living, you know, single life, no children. Um, even like in my past when I was married, like a lot of times we spent holidays separate. That's another conversation for another time. But <laughs> so for the first time in my life, I'm really having to think about, um, you know, how are holidays being done and why? Um, mm -hmm. And it not just being only my opinion about that. Because when you're when you're rolling on your own, I could like choose to not like completely opt out of Thanksgiving. And I mean, sometimes I'd have to have conversations with my parents about why and they didn't like that I wasn't coming to the family dinner. But, you know, and sometimes I went anyway just to spend time with them. But it was really a, a me choice. I didn't have to think about a we choice. Mm -hmm. um, and that allowed me to later in life choose to not be on autopilot about those choices. And so... I really hadn't realized for myself that I have not associated the Thanksgiving holiday with the lie that is Christopher Columbus and all this other stuff <laughs> in, in years. Like that's just never been when it's been for me, um, you know, since learning the truth about that. I would really say probably since like my te late teens. Mm hmm. Um, and so to come into a world where it's like, oh yeah, shit, like that's not everybody else's reality. And there's like little, you know, um, art projects with like turkeys and stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's already started. The lies started in school in first grade. Little pilgrim hats. And can we just acknowledge that when we are addressing this, this does not even address the fact that if we think of a classroom of children in public or private school, okay? Um, and the only reason I'm not including homeschooling is because I think that there's a little more conversation, so there might be a little more intentionality. However, I might be completely wrong about that. Please feel free to send a message if, if that is wrong because I'm willing to have that conversation too. But it does not include people whose religions are not based in Christianity or are not religious at all. Yeah. So I, like a whole lot of people are erased, and also, like, there's this idea that in American culture, we don't bring our religious and political beliefs into school and into the workplace. Yeah, they do. But I am just like, you know, being removed from this for so long, maybe I'm able to witness things in a slightly different perspective or notice things that other people wouldn't because it's their everyday norm with public school and private school, um, which the child I'm referencing has been in both, is that... It's completely enmeshed in that. You are giving stories about what happened to the natives or stories about holidays from a perspective that the parents are not given any information on in advance to decide if they want their children to opt out of. Um, 
there is a given of certain holiday celebrations, even Halloween. Some people don't believe in Halloween. Some people believe that Halloween is like a evil, sacrilegious holiday and all this other stuff. And right. they have the right to feel that way. But even Halloween celebrations and parties in the classroom is just happening. And mm-hmm. There's not a lot of notice about that. And there's also not an open dialogue about that with the parents and not even necessarily with the children of like, does this support your beliefs? And what do we do if it doesn't? And so I just kind of sit back and I'm seeing some of the things that I'm witnessing and I'm like, hold on. (laughs) What's happening here? I thought the story is we don't bring this stuff into school and, 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 and work. And yet... But we do. And yes. it's so infused and so in, ingrained that it's almost on autopilot. It, it very much is. And I think that, you know, in some ways, some of the, the, the Jewish holidays are included a little bit more. But at least in my opinion, some of it is only included because it's like, let's make a menorah. And it's like, that's all you pulled from this? That's all we got? That's Okay. Okay. Kwanzaa might get a half a day. I want to talk about that. Um, but as somebody that went to an all black elementary school for part of it, like we did talk a little bit more about that. We had to sing the Negro national anthem every thing, single time that we had uh, an assembly. Like, okay. So pause. Mm-hmm. I want to acknowledge that everything that you just said, I have not witnessed actually at all. Um, the menorah is not happening. The uh, mention of Kwanzaa is not happening. And I'm an African-American female, so (laughs) I'm just going to acknowledge my own work that I need to do in saying that. But I have no idea what the, what did you call the Negro National Anthem? Mm -hmm. Lift every voice and sing. I I don't even know what that is. Oh my gosh. Even if you don't know what Beyonce sung it at uh, Coachella, a.k.a. Beachella. But um, lift every voice and sing was something that we had to sing. Like we had it, even though there was a part that, as a little kid, we didn't know the da, 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 da. like you didn't know all the words, but you had to sing. Like you knew what it was. We had to sing, lift every voice and sing. So but reconsider your normal. That was not my normal. <laughs> we ain't never get that in my school. But I'm gonna also be transparent. I mostly went to all white schools, and I was a token black kid. That your friends' parents were like, "Oh, you're India," when you showed up. See, and up until the second half of fifth grade, I went to an all-black Baltimore City school the whole time. So I had all-black teachers, and it was, I don't remember having any white kids in my class. I'm not going to say I didn't. I don't remember having any, though. I don't remember there being any in the school. Um, But even with what my kids get in school, it's still at a minimum. You know, even even if you end up getting uh, a, a, an educator or somebody that's in leadership that you get a little bit more, it's still mainly based in Christianity. And as someone who is not religious, I don't know what's worse to give religion, even if it's only, uh, you know, very small compartmentalized pieces of it, or to be somebody who feels slightly othered because you don't necessarily want any of it. I just like Christmas lights. I'm not going to church on Christmas or Christmas Eve. That just happens to be my choice. So I don't, I don't know because 
everybody isn't doing this. But then as a kid, you're having to have these really challenging, deep conversations with somebody that's just like, I I just like shiny things or I like colorful things. And you're having to explain why, you know, consumerism, consumerism and capitalism is not helpful or healthy. And that's hard. Yeah. So the thing that comes to mind for me is like, even if you made the choice to like not bring these types of concepts to children, um, you know, once a school makes a choice to do that for you <laughs> without yes. your consent. Yes. It's like, how do you, how do you even begin to navigate that? Because I don't think it's always presented as like, at least what I'm witnessing, it's not even presented with any extra context around it of the consumerism and capitalism piece. No. Right. Of presence and toys. It's just getting us to spend more money to stimulate the economy at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just presented as, you know, there's like the Santa Claus that brings you gifts if you're good. Well, and even that is disconnected from what was supposed to be Jesus' birthday. It ain't yes, even Yes, it's like, how that. did we get here from, <laughs> from celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ? I don't know how we got here. I don't either. But somehow we got here with a whole nother person buying you presents. Some old fat white parents. man coming down, coming in your house. And so my, my kids are like, how you get in the house? He ain't got no key. We got an alarm system. How you get in the house? Hold on. No, but let's roll with that, though. Like for you, you have children. Your children are a little bit older than my parent-ish. <laughs> They've been giving this to me since the age of yours, though. So let's acknowledge that. Mom been saying it since like kindergarten, first grade. Like, but wait, we in the house with a key. How does a strange person get in the house without no key? I'm confused. Make it make okay, sense. Okay, but you grew up in a household that did celebrate Christmas, right? Correct. Did your household also celebrate Thanksgiving? Yes. And for you with the the Christmas piece and Thanksgiving piece, did you get any extra like historical <laughs> intellectual context around that other than the consumerism and dinner? No, you know what I got? The Charlie Brown specials. That's what I got. And I know that they're peanuts. And I don't know why sometimes black people just call stuff the name of it what it is. That is what it is. Charlie Brown. That's what I got. <laughs> okay. That was what I got the Thanksgiving one. And if you watch the first one, then at because it usually came at eight o'clock, eight thirty, the second one came on, and that one talked about the the Nina de Pinta and the Santa Maria. That one went into that stuff. And it was slightly better. But it's still glossed over stuff. Now, I understand it's for kids, but that was that was about as close as it got. And that falls dramatically short. Hmm. Um, do you did you also like when you were growing up participate in some of the smaller things like leaving out the milk and cookies and stuff like that? <laughs> OK, I laugh because I'm thinking in my head, the first thing that came to my mind, God, my mother ain't wasting on milk and cookies, leaving it out on those <laughs> No. <laughs> oh my gosh I was thinking the same thing so just being honest we we did do Thanksgiving we did do Christmas in the traditional way sometimes we had a tree I think sometimes we didn't sometimes our mm-hmm. tree was real sometimes it was fake right. um but 
<laughs> we definitely were not leaving out no damn milk and cookies <laughs> to spoil on the counter because no. we didn't have that privilege to be wasting food. Okay. Absolutely <laughs> not. That was not. And, and I say this as someone that has done that and it has given the illusion to my kids. However, I did not get that. That was a, that was a whole full blown. No, no, absolutely not. Okay. Cause part of the reason I asked is because, um, my parent-ish situation had been doing that. And so uh, when we we bought a house in the last couple months um, as, as the date of this being recording and we were unpacking and I came across like a Santa mug and I'm like, ain't nobody drinking from this coffee mug. Can we, can we donate this to charity <laughs> so somebody will actually use it? And it's like, no, that's for Christmas for Santa. I'm like, oh, reconsider my normal. We didn't do that shit. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> but some nope. people have a special mug and a special plate just for Christmas morning for Santa. I did not have that. <laughs> Even when I've done it as the parent, just because like it, it was just fun to see my kids reaction to it. Um, Like being able to just kind of witness how they're like, oh, he came. And I have to even acknowledge even that has a little bit of weird feelings around it because it's like, I am lying to you. I am actively lying to you. This don't exist. I am giving all of this, all of the credit and money and effort that we put into this, your parents put into this, to this imaginary white man. That oh, don't feel right. That made my stomach turn as you said it. As oh. it should. Because as a black woman, I feel a way about it. I feel a way about it. I'm like, I am giving this imaginary white man all of the credit for the identifying of what it is that you want, finding where to get it. And you already know I'm a bit of a couponer. So how, how can I get it for the lowest price possible? <laughs> uh, corralling all of these things, getting them in, in the house and, and hiding them and then wrapping them, doing it while you sleep, not sleeping, jacking up my back, sitting on the floor for hours to, to, to put together things. Like I have put together many, many a, a toy on Christmas Eve just to give the credit to an imaginary fictional white man. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm sorry if if this comes off different, <laughs> but as somebody without children up until this point, it I hear that and it just feels like lying. Like, why are we, like my, my knee jerk and a very logical reaction is why are we lying to our children? Why are we teaching them through our actions that it's okay to have these completely orchestrated lies. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I also am holding space for the fact that like, but they believe in this mythical stuff and it's fun and it's exciting. And if we're just honest, like, yo, you were good this year. The economy needs to be simulated. So I'm gonna buy you some presents. Right. <laughs> right. Might it be taking something away from them? I don't know. Like, how do you hold space for both things? Well, and I think that that's part of the challenge. And I remember seeing something uh, on Instagram forever ago. I don't even know if I still have it, but it was somebody addressing how we start the the lies and the mistrust early. And the reality is, is if we think about it, uh, any of it, the uh, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, cr uh, Christmas, like it's all based in us telling a story of a mythical uh, creature or figure to our children that we want them to believe up until this certain point, 
And if you really think about it, and I understand that this is more of an adult line of thinking, but it's like being like, hey, I lied to you for the first eight, you know, eight-ish, 10-ish years of your life, but everything else, trust me, 100%, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, it's just a weird place to put ourselves and our children into. Yes. The Tooth Fairy has been visiting like very frequently lately. Right. Well, especially when, let's acknowledge, we are also trying to foster their innocence and those those childlike moments, particularly for children that have to grow up too quickly or those of us that have generational trauma that is passed down. And we never had the opportunity to do that. And so we're trying to give that to our kids. And what it is, is it puts us in a place of having to acknowledge, well, what does this childlike innocence fostering really mean beyond lying about mythical happenings? What can be rooted in reality while still allowing you to be as childlike as possible. And we're trying to figure that out while other people having very different thoughts, feelings, and actions around that, that are happening concurrently that we then have to address and or answer for with our own. I I would love to know from our community both members who lovingly listen to every episode. Thank <laughs> as you. As well as, yes, thank you. As well as the readers of the show notes, articles, as well as those of you that just tune in every week but are not necessarily a member of the community. Like, have you approached these holidays? Because I know Christmas isn't the holiday for everyone, but have you have you decided to approach those things with honesty you know, before a child is old enough to start figuring out that there's some pieces of it that are maybe not true and things like that. Right. And like, what, what has that effect been on just keeping it real? Like, yo, I bought this and I want you to have it because I love you or because I think you would enjoy it or because whatever, (laughs) because the economy, right. As they tell us needs to be stimulated. Right. (laughs) During the holidays. Um, Like, I would love to know, like, what has been the results of that? Because I've just been finding myself, like, navigating, okay, I do that with, um, from a transparency with the adults in my life. Oftentimes, I I live my life a little bit different than most people anyway. I'm going to acknowledge that. But I tend to give people gifts throughout the year just because. And I don't necessarily participate in holiday gifts. Um... I like throwing little dinner parties just because and events just because Um, in college I used to, we used to get uh, all the wine together and make some kind of random wine cocktail and have some games and just have fun and bring people together. Um, We didn't need a manufactured holiday to do that. And so I've never really felt any tie to or obligation to um, initiate having these types of things, which in my opinion for me is really wanting to spend time with the people that you love and care about, to be on a specific date that our society told us it needed to be on. Right. The exchange of, of love or joy or whatever else might be wrapped into that gift with a bow I've never really like tied that to a date on the calendar. Um, And so it's just, it's interesting to kind of be in a space where I'm reevaluating that from of 
okay, but the people around me aren't all adults anymore. And how right. do they process that? I, I will say that I don't, I don't think that there's any one perfect way to do it, partially because children, just like adults, um, are all different. And so some of them are like, no, just rip the Band-Aid off. Some of them are like, please ease me into this. Other ones are like, no, you know what? Just let me have, let me have the glossed over beautified lie right now because this is what I need to have. And let's acknowledge that sometimes certain times in life, we need different things as well. So it's not just like a one size fits all at all times either. Um, and let's acknowledge that times have changed. So this isn't um, the same now in the age of, again, ring cameras and alarm systems. This is not, you know, I lock the front door and we have like the magic key that we leave out for Santa and everybody's got a chimney. <laughs> like things are all different. Um, and even that, that fully comes with privilege as I'm describing that, yeah. which, which it should. But let's acknowledge that there are ways that you can experiment with this to figure out what feels like the best way for you to do it based on your relationship with um, the children or young people in your life, uh, where you think they are and what they can can hold, as well as the fact that, you know, you're having this conversation with the other people that are a part of this, because I don't think that this is a one person, because nobody wants to be that one person that just ruined everything. And then you just like, you asshole, you just killed it all. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't be that person necessarily. But I think I think it is a little bit of experimentation. One thing that I know that I have done is, um, you know, hey, I forget, you know, I realized crap, I forgot the tooth fairy thing. Yeah, the tooth fairy gave it to me. I put it in your green light account, which green light is something that we use so the kids kind of have a debit card and they're able to see like where's their money going, how are they saving it, things like that. It's in your green light account. That's <laughs> in there. Or, you know, Hey, why you have all this wrapping paper? Oh, because it all gets dropped off. You know, the elves don't have time to wrap all this stuff. Mommy and daddy wrap it all. So I've I've done that one. Like I've done a number of things because in the moment, I might not want to take that from you. And I don't know what I'm going to unravel at that moment. That's not always the perfect way. And I'm not saying that this is perfect. I'm simply sharing some of the imperfection of what I have tried. Now, my kids are at a point now that there is a much different level of awareness, um, which let me also say has its own gift and curse with it. Because some of that means great. I know it ain't somebody else bringing it. So let's have this conversation about what I want. <laughs> it's like, ah. Oh, so your kids know that Santa is not real now? W one definitely does. The other one I think is on the fence. I think the other one is smart enough to know, but it's like, I'm going to ride this till the wheels fall off and see what happens. Because I'm getting free gifts. Right. <laughs> I really <laughs> think that that's what it is. And and that's also the one that that very much loves the 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 art, the, 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 the pomp and circumstance, the, um, you know, kind of like, glittery fun of it so you know i mean i think even as an adult like i don't ain't no santa real but i, I mean not wrong being a little playful like hey what what's santa gonna leave me this year if you talking to the right person you know you can have your little conversations that's fine you can talk your shit that's your business but let's be real about what it really is and i do think that there is a lot more awareness there and i have very open conversations with my kids and we talked about going back to thanksgiving 
we've talked about some of um, what that really is. And we've talked about the lies that come with it and the fact that we choose to claim that day as a way to honor those that um, were sacrificed and continue to sacrifice the Native American community does not get respected in any way, shape or form in a way that it should here in the United States um, to acknowledge, you know, the sacrifices that are made and to use it as an opportunity to show gratitude for what we have, the relationships that um, we, we foster and, are, are very much in appreciation of, not the lie of Thanksgiving. We don't believe in that. That's a no-go. Yeah. Thanksgiving is definitely a very, um, and Columbus Day, definitely a very nah. layered mm-hmm. ones for me. Um, I, I, You know this already, but people on the podcast may not know that my brother's their ancestry is Piscataway. So we're literally living, both you and I, on the land that used to be their ancestors' land that we've renamed to Washington, D.C., but it's all fucking stolen. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just so layered. And one of the things that I've noticed is um, when I was younger and in school, Columbus Day, we used to have the day off. There was never any mention about, like, honoring indigenous lives that were lost or anything like that. It was all under, like, the... (laughs) <laughs> the John uh, Smith Pocahontas kind of mystical story of falling in love with America and mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. here. Like, no. Which is um, why we call it Indigenous Peoples Day. We don't even mm-hmm. acknowledge it as Columbus Day around here. So. so so, there's that. Like, that's what I got as a kid. And we had the day off from school more often than not. I, I don't really remember a time where we didn't. Did you? No, I think back then we did. Now, um, like this year, I, I know for a fact the kids were not, and which is why I made it a point to make sure that my kids knew it. And I kept saying it. And if other people said it, I was like, "Yeah, it's Indigenous people." I was, I was a like, I don't even think I'm an asshole today because fuck John Smith and all that lie. I'm not doing that today. I found that very interesting. Like, hmm, this was normally an observed holiday with time off from school. Um, being so close to DC, most of the people around me have federal government jobs. It's pretty normal here to to work for the federal government since there's so many agencies here. Um, and they had it off from work. You know, it's mm-hmm. a federally honored holiday. And yet we more recently in the last couple of years changed it over to like Indigenous People's Day. Not exactly though. It was like Columbus Day slash Indigenous People's Day for a minute. And they were still getting it off from school. Right. And it kind of didn't talk about it. It just was kind of like, we're going to slide this in here and we just going to like, just, just keep walking. We're just going to drop it and keep walking. Yeah, we just made it slash, but didn't say anything about it. Still, right. still give you the day off. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm noticing that it's not mentioned as Columbus Day anymore at all, just Indigenous People's Day. It's like, eh, you got to go to work and you got to go to school. You don't, you don't need time off to honor all those people we murdered. <sighs> that, that. The fact that we are all out here buying and selling stolen land. Just saying. It's like very... Anyway, that's the rabbit holes my brain go down. Like, oh, no. Not I'm only did you. we change the name, but mm-hmm. it ain't really a holiday holiday anymore. You know, this ain't really that important is what I feel like that's saying to people when you don't give them the day off to actually remember and honor the lives that were lost. Because you have to ask how much remembrance and honoring is really instilled in that action surface level it's not true reverence it's not 
And that's the most awful part of it. Well, I know we could ramble about this stuff forever, but as Mm -hmm. a friend who has witnessed you go from not parent at all to parent of almost preteen. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. I don't I don't know how that happened. I swear I don't. But yes. Yes. Just giving uh, you your flowers for how you have found a way to balance your children being children and the culture that they're in of America. <laughs> right. And also finding ways to have deeper, meaningful conversation with them about the culture they're in to where they are aware about things that honestly, most adults aren't even talking about. And yet they're still intact. They're still whole. I I appreciate that. I will receive those flowers. I will show my gratitude and say thank you. And I do the best that I can at any given time. I hope that the two little people that I love more than anything ever will take this information and figure out how to amplify it within their own lives with the adults and young people that they have influence on and we can continue to just figure out how to grow and amplify awareness and spiritual wholeness and mental stability and forethought and just how to constantly figure out what is best for us at any given point and to reconsider what is given as to whether or not we want to continue to give it. This conversation really is an example of how Indy and I pull apart the things that we were conditioned with growing up, the things we're all still conditioned with in life, and what it is that we want to do differently. And honestly, we have these kinds of conversations in the community, and I'm extremely grateful for it. And it's just yet another reason why I am so humbled by everything that exists there. So the only thing that I actually want to ask you to do today is to continue this conversation on your own if you just want to contemplate what it means for you and what are some of the threads that you want to tease out for your own life and your own reality to have it with others around you so that it does give an opportunity to spark reconsidering and new possibilities. Or if you feel so inclined, come on and join us in the community. However, no matter what, Thank you for being here. And, you know, every single time that you show up here and taking these real conversations where we are normalizing and pulling apart the challenging things and making them a part of real everyday exchanges. Again, thank you. Together, this is how we can remove stigma while creating real change and connection. Together, crossing lines and recreating boundaries to support, not separate. Let's continue getting more people to drop the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being. So, till the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person, 
or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business. It can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?